Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast that gives you strategies and ideas for how to build happier habits into your daily life. This week we'll talk about why you should make a facts of life book and we'll discuss a listener question that combines two of my favorite subjects, outer order and the four tendencies. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature. I'm in New York City, uh, specifically I'm in Brooklyn right now, and with me is my sister Elizabeth Kraft. And Elizabeth, I was just thinking of you when Eliza Eleanor and I were all in Kansas City. We went to Winstead's, we went to the Plaza, Princess Gardens, Ward Parkway. Uh, I just wish you could be there too. I know. That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in LA. And Gretchen, I was so jealous. I loved all the <laughs> pictures you sent me. But I was very jealous because it really looked like a great uh, summertime visit to Kansas City. Yeah, well, we thought of you. And Alyssa, now you have a really exciting interview score that you got for your Happier in Hollywood podcast, the podcast you do with your co-writer, Sarah Fain, coming up. So tell everybody about that. Yes, we always have had a dream guest for Happier in Hollywood, and it was Channing Dungy. She's the president of ABC Entertainment. She's um, the first African-American president of a major broadcast network. And she is just fantastic. We've admired her for years because we've worked with her in the past and she's always just like given the best notes. Well, I have to say part of the reason that you're convinced of her brilliance is she's always been big fans of your work. Oh, that's true. (laughs) But anyway, she agreed to come on the podcast and we have a great interview with her coming up um, on episode 69 of Happier in Hollywood. And she's just got so many interesting things to say. I encourage everyone to listen and um, hear from Channing, who also, Gretchen, is the person who pulled the plug on the new reboot of Roseanne. So she Mm. was recently in the news. Yes. So we also talk about that. Yeah, I cannot wait for that. That's going to be fascinating. And before we jump into the Try This at Home, we got a great before and after story from our listener, Antonia. Yes, Antonia says, I've always loved to organize and declutter, but have had an especially overwhelming urge to clear clutter since listening to the Happier podcast. And Gretchen, you'll remember in episode 160, we cleared uh, my office. And in episode 10, we cleaned my closet. So if anyone wants to go back and... (laughs) And these, listen to that real These are the time. ones that Antonia said particularly inspired her. Yeah. She says, I'm a university grad home for the summer before starting grad school, and my parents' home has endless rooms and cupboards that need to be cleared. Tonight after dinner, I asked my mom if she wanted to clean out a coat closet. This closet has not been cleaned out in at least 10 years, and you could barely shut the door. The spacious closet was so packed. At first, my mom was hesitant and overwhelmed at the thought of tackling the closet, but I convinced her. After only an hour and 15 minutes and an SUV loaded with stuff for the thrift store, you can actually see the floor of the closet and there is room to spare. My mom was almost in tears. She was so happy. But the best part, that short amount of time resulted in us finding (laughs) $1,514 in the pockets of old coats. Needless to say, it was the shortest and easiest $1,500 we've ever made. Next week, we are tackling my mom and dad's bedroom closet. 
They're going to be able to like take a trip to Hawaii <laughs> with their clutter clearing money. That's crazy. Well, I have to say that kind of like you're almost in tears. You're so happy to get rid of the clutter. Um, that's the kind of story that inspired me to write my book, Outer Order, Inner Calm. Like, I think a lot of people mm. feel that. But who knew it could be so lucrative? That I mean. is wonderful. <laughs> it makes me want to go clear clutter. There must be some member of the household who just like every time they walk in or out of the house sticks $20 in a pocket or has some habit that would leave. That yeah. seems extraordinary. But or they use only cash, so right. they have a lot of cash on hand. Yeah. But see, this is good things happen when you clean yes. your clutter. <laughs> Check those pockets. <laughs> and under the cushions, too. Yes. Uh, so thank you so much, Antonia. That was a great story to get us all fired up to clear clutter. Yes. And this week's Try This at Home also is a gold star. So it's kind of doing double duty. And this week, the Try This at Home tip is to make a facts of life book. And Gretchen, explain what that is and why it also is a gold star. Okay, so this was an idea that I had uh, for mom and dad. And I mentioned it to them, I think, like a year ago. So this was something that took a while to kind of come full cycle. But what my idea was, was could they make a book that was like the facts of life, which was like, the medication they took, their doctors, their insurance, their bank accounts, their car information, their living will type documents, um, and just put it all in one place so that there was a reference place for all sorts of useful information. I thought this would really be a useful thing to have, and I thought it would probably be helpful for them because like many married couples, it's like mm. uh, Jamie and I are very much like this. Like I handle what I handle, he handles what he handles, and we don't really trade very much information. So that, okay, this would be great to have. So they kind of agreed with me in principle, but then a couple months ago, they really, for their own reasons, said, we're really gonna do this. And they were very smart about it. They divided up everything that they could think of that they wanted to get done. Uh, so mm. they each took half, and then they each like gave themselves a weekly assignment. And over the course of several weeks, they got it all together. And when I was in Kansas City, they showed it to me and they'd also thrown in stuff like birth certificates, you know, sort of anything that oh, seemed that's useful. Oh, great. Yeah. So I was just thrilled. So they get a gold star for doing this because it was work. I mean, it's all nicely yeah. typed up. It's all collated nicely and paper punched in a notebook. Yeah, people are going to ask Gretchen, I'm sure, exactly like what did they use? Like, is it a binder? It's a three ring binder. Um, and this stuff, the pages add up. So I would have a pretty big one. And what they have in it is birth certificate, bank account information, doctor lists, a medication lists. They're getting the car information. They don't have that yet. Insurance. And then all the living mm -hmm. will type documents, which they have a lot mm -hmm. of, you know, the proxies and all those documents, some of which have to be notarized, at least in Missouri. Um, everybody has to figure out what they need in their own state or country. So that's what's there. One thing I would love to know from people is what else should be included? Yeah, like I'm thinking mortgage information. Oh, yes. Oh, I'm writing that down. Of course. I have to say, Gretchen, I, I think this is an amazing idea because this is the kind of information that just floats around. Yes. And if you don't have it consolidated, I think it can be really tough to figure out. And I've said this before on the podcast, between Adam and me, I have no idea, like, even how to water our <laughs> grass. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't even know yeah. anything. So to handles. have, yes, that he handles... I mean, just the, the idea of having our birth certificates in one place. I mean, great idea. Yeah. And, you know, it's the kind of thing, too, where one of the things I'm always looking for in life is like, what is the thing that you could do in like a half an hour that could save you hours and hours and hours yeah. of tiresome work? It's like 
you could get the flu vaccine or you could get the flu. Right. And for here, it's like by taking, you know, several hours and, and getting this organized, it could really pay off in massive amounts of just ease and convenience, probably at a time when there's like a lot of stressful circumstances to deal with. Yeah. And so if you could just like look it up in a book, like it just seems completely worth it to me to put, make that investment of time and energy because the potential payoff could be so helpful. Absolutely. So Gretchen, where are they keeping this? This is actually a very important question because I asked this sort of offhandedly, like where is it going to be? And where they had thought, I have to say, is literally, I don't think I would have ever found it because mm. in their guest room, they have this, they call it a desk, but to me, it's more of a table. And I had never even noticed that it had drawers. And I think they thought, oh, if you're staying in the guest room, it'll be really convenient because mm. it's right there. But I didn't, I would never have looked in there. And we never as a family ever used that piece of furniture. So it was completely out of my sense of like where I would look for something. Mm. And so it was actually really useful. I was like, okay, let's talk about it. So it's actually in the armoire. Um, but yeah, you want to talk about it. And I had the same realization with Jamie because I have this box. It's like this very shiny black, nice box, whereas, which is where our social security cards, birth certificates, anything important, like our jury duty completion mm. forms, all that yeah. stuff go. But it, funnily enough, it's in a chest of drawers that's completely black. And I realized like you could open up the oh, thing, you could open it up and not even realize that it. there was a box there. So like, I better tell him. Like, this is where all the important information is. So once you make create these things, make sure everybody knows where it is. Create a little treasure map. <laughs> and did they write, is it labeled Facts of Life? No, that would Probably be good. Probably should be labeled with a Sharpie. I think that would be helpful. That is a really good point because it's in, I don't know if you've ever even really consciously noticed this, but mom and dad always use these, like, whenever they're making binders, they always use this particular kind of red binder or white binder. It may be the same red binder and white binder they just keep repurposing throughout. Oh, right. our, it looks like a thousand other red binders and white binders I've seen throughout our mutual lives. So, yeah, it should be labeled so that if you're just racing through yeah. looking for it, it would be obvious what it was. That's a really great point. Yeah. So, Gretchen, this is a big gold star to mom and dad for yes. completing their Facts of Life book. And this is definitely something we need to do. It's just useful to have. So let us know if you do try this at home and if making a Facts of Life book works for you. And also, if you have ideas for additional information that would be helpful to include, if you've ever been through a circumstance where you needed something like a Facts of Life book, what do you wish that you had had at your fingertips? Let us know. We'll, we'll ask our parents to do it and let everybody else know too. So um, let us know on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Drop us an email at podcast at GretchenRubin.com or as always, go to the show notes for this episode. This is happiercast.com slash 185. This is episode 185 for everything related to this episode. And I will post a picture of the Facts of Life books. Coming up, we've got a happiness hack that's also a know yourself better question. But first, this break. Noom is the habit-changing solution that helps users learn to develop a new relationship with food through personalized courses. Based in psychology, Noom teaches you why you do the things you do and empowers you with the tools you need to break bad habits and replace them with better ones. Because everyone's different, Noom adjusts to your lifestyle. They teach you the psychology behind the decisions you make and then help you keep track of everything from workouts and steps to analyze your diet and recommending healthy recipes. Noom also connects you with a personally assigned goal specialist and a community of other Noomers, so you have all the support you need to empower your change. 
Gretch, you know, I love Noom. I love all the tools it has, especially the step tracker and the weight tracker. I rely on those every day. Yep, you don't have to change it all in one day. Small steps make big progress. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com slash happier. That's N-O-O-M dot com slash happier. What do you have to lose? Visit Noom.com slash happier to start your trial today. Okay, Gretch, it is time for this week's happiness hack. And I like how all of our segments this week are, are double duty. They're, <laughs> they're not just one thing because this is also a know yourself better. Yes. So this is a hack and a know yourself better. And here is the know yourself better question, which is, do you have trouble telling left from right? I do have trouble telling left from right. Elizabeth, do you struggle telling left from right? It can take me a second. Yeah. yeah. To figure it out. Yeah. Well, I was always really embarrassed about this and thought this was just like my weird private thing that like, why couldn't I just be a normal grown up who had mastered this like decades ago? But one researcher concluded that about 15% of the population has some degree of left right challenge. And another researcher put the figure higher and found that like 26% of college students and 19% of college professors said they had trouble telling left from right either occasionally, frequently, or always. Interestingly, up and down, very easy. Nobody messes up up and down. Left and right is different. So here comes the hack. Mm. In everyday life, I make the L sign with my hand. Like if you hold up your left hand, the index finger and the thumb make an L. So that's how I do it. That takes a second, though. Yeah. And Elizabeth, this is probably a much bigger problem for you in LA than for me. But it's when you're driving and someone's giving you directions and they say, go left, go right. Also, in the stress of driving, that's a major processing challenge for me. Yeah. Which is left, which is right. So the hack is someone who also has trouble with left and right told me, say driver's side, passenger side. So take the turn on the driver's side. You're going to be turning towards the passenger side. And this, of course, works even if you're like in the UK where they're driving on the other side of the street. It would just be it would be different. Right. But it's very obvious driver-passenger. Yes, and I love this, Scratch, because the other problem that occurs when driving is you go turn left and the person goes left and then you say right. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> and I, I mean, that, that happens all the time. And then it's like, wait, left or right? It's the who's on first of left amount. and right. Yes, yes. totally. Yeah. Uh, That would not happen with passenger side, driver's side. Right. So it's a little bit more cumbersome to say, but I think you really gain in that clarity because you just know uh, driver's side, passenger side. So I thought this was a brilliant thing. I want to use it when I'm driving from now on. But here's a test. If you struggle with this and you want to know if, like, other people have issues with it, too— when you're in a group, say to people, raise your right hand and see how fast people's hands go up. Because mm. apparently often you will see there's a real spread. Yeah. Oh, that's And how fast people figure out which is right and which is left. I would definitely right. be on the slower side. <laughs> yes. That's really funny. So that's a simple hack, but a helpful hack. Yeah. Driver's side, passenger side. We'll do that next time you're in L.A. and I'm driving and you're navigating. Yes. Well, but I would never be navigating because I have no idea where I'm going. But I could say, like, I see the sign on the passenger side. Yes. Yeah. So and then this week, the happiness stumbling block is first time fears. This is mm. the special reluctance that you have to do something when you're going someplace or doing something for the very first time. Yes, and this comes in a few different forms. Yeah. Now, I know for me, Gretch, 
wanting to do something like the fear of doing it the first time will actively keep me from doing something. Yes. Prime yes. example for me is spin class. Uh, I have mentioned on the podcast that I really want to try spinning. Yeah. So it's amazing exercise. People love it. It sounds mm -hmm. really fun to me. But I have so much intimidation about going the first time because I don't know sort of what I need to wear. I don't understand the whole shoe thing or adjusting the bike. I'm scared that I'm only going to be able to do it for like five minutes. And then <laughs> what do I do for the next 50 minutes of the class? Yeah. yeah. It really is keeping me from going. Right. Like if you could just fast forward in life. And yes. had done it one time, or like maybe if you'd randomly, yeah, no, I think that's maybe the most significant first time fear. But then there's also the first time fear, which I also feel, which is switching costs, yeah. which is the term when there's time and effort involved in making a change. Mm. And because there is this cost, a lot of times we stay in place even when we should try something new. And I feel this for something like getting my hair cut. So I get my hair cut in a place that's fairly it's kind of convenient, but it's kind of inconvenient. And mm. then I thought, well, I could try a place right near my apartment, just like you go to a hair place right near your work. And I absolutely have the simplest haircut of all time. So it's not like I have mm -hmm. elaborate needs. But going for the first time and having somebody I don't know cut my hair for the first time, I just, I'm always like, I really should do this. And then every time I put it off because I'm just like, I don't want to switch. Because there's that cost of switching. Yeah, I think this is very true, especially with doctors. Yeah. yeah. Because you well, might think... so much. You know, for instance, Adam and I, our dentist, who we love, is in Beverly Hills. And it is just such a burden to go there. Yeah. And we're thinking there must be a great dentist in the Valley where we could just easily go to the dentist. Yeah. But the idea of, like, going to a new dentist for the first time... <laughs> doing all of your x-rays yeah. yeah. and having that initial conversation and having them see your teeth for the first time. It just feels like, oh gosh, I don't even want to go down that road. Yeah. I'll just keep driving to Beverly Hills. It would be very inconvenient one time and then it would pay off for oh, like the next enormously. 10 years. But yeah, it's that first time fear. Now here's something, and this may just be an upholder thing. I always worry that there are secret rules that I don't know mm, yeah. if I'm going someplace for the first time because I'm like, how does it work here? Am I doing something wrong? I'm always really paranoid about that. Even something like going to a library, I'm like, where am I supposed to mm. be? Is there some special order? Do I need to check mm -hmm. in? I remember when I first moved to New York City, I hated, hated, hated hailing a cab because I was worried that there were all these rules right. about hailing a cab that I didn't know. Yeah. So a lot of times that's the kind of first time fear that I have, which is I'm worried about about things where even if somebody admonished me, it would be very, I remember one time I went into, I was in a coffee shop and I pulled up my laptop and they were like, sorry, you can't work on a laptop here. And I mean, I was scared to work in a coffee shop for like six months. Oh so I was my like, gosh. I don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> so yeah, so I only went back to the same coffee shop. That is funny. <laughs> So what can we do? What yes, do you think are how do you ways? overcome this? That is a yeah. very good question. Well, I think one thing you can always do is go with someone else. Because if you, uh, go, like if you went to spin class with, with a friend, it's less stressful. It's more fun. Mm -hmm. Go with somebody of your same fitness level. And it's like if you're having trouble, they're probably having trouble. You can talk about what to wear. I think always things seem easier and less scary if you are going with someone else. Yeah, and also you can go early. Mm. I find when I have gone to say a yoga place for the first time, 
I feel much better if I get there early and I go up to the teacher and just say, hey, I haven't done yoga in a long time. I'm really not good. So just sort of I'll be in the corner trying to keep up. I do think going early and sort of introducing yourself to whatever situation is happening can really help. And that's kind of counterintuitive because I think some people feel like, well, I feel awkward, so I'll go at the last minute so I'm not Mm. waiting around. But I think it's actually less stressful to be there and feel like you have plenty of time to take it in and, and figure it out. And like you say, talking to the instructor or whatever. For me, what really happens is getting a very strong recommendation so that I feel very confident that it's worth overcoming first-time fears. Like, if I know this is really, really good or you can really trust this. Like, if you had, if somebody said to you, here's an amazing dentist, we love this person, and that would make it much easier for you because it just, then you know, okay, I'm switching to something that I can feel very confident in. And so then the kind of reluctance is is lower. Yes, because I really like my dentist. And I'm like, well, what if I switch dentists? It's not a good dentist. And then I have to go back to him. Is he going to (laughs) know I went to another dentist in the meantime? I mean, it's just a whole thing. It's a whole thing. And then, Gretchen, we always say, if you just acknowledge what you're feeling, like, I am feeling first-time fears, and that's okay. That's normal. And it'll only be the first time once. (laughs) you know then that'll help i mean i remember gretchen when sarah and i first pitched our show women's murder club way back in like 2006 we had to go pitch it to abc and we said to ourselves this is the only time we'll ever have our first network pitch from now on for the rest of our lives we will have done a network pitch And it got us through that and our thing, which we always talk about, which is this will be over by dinner. Those two things got us into that room and we did our pitch and then we sold the show and then it went to series. So it was great. But um, I do so remember sitting across from Sarah and telling ourselves that. Right. Triple F. You only face it one time in any situation. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And now for a listener question. As always, you can leave us a voicemail question at 774-277-9336. Or easier to remember, 77-HAPPY-336. Or send us an email to podcast at GretchenRubin.com. Gretch, this week's listener question comes from Nicole. She says... My husband is a questioner and I'm an obliger. His dad's estate paperwork is still piled up in our family room. It's in boxes and along the wall, but it's still there three years after his father's death. Your expression, outer order contributes to inner calm, rings true for me. Therefore, I want those boxes tended to. I don't mind helping him and I've offered my help in the past. Can you help me with language for a questioner to help move this project along? Ideally, he uses the school year slash new year as a time to revisit this overdue task. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. The answer is so obvious to me. And this is Mm. a perfect example why knowing the tendencies can help you understand why something is not working and how to communicate more effectively. But first, if you do not know what we're talking about with questioners, obligers, and then upholders Mm. and rebels, take the quiz which will explain this to you. And it's brand newly spiffed up. I have this Mm. gorgeous new, it's shorter, it's so much better looking at quiz.gretchenrubin.com. So go take the quiz and learn about the four tendencies. And I think this is a perfect example. If you know that he's a questioner, that's going to tell you a lot about how to do this more effectively. Now, 
The thing about questioners is they need justification. They need to know why. And not just like why, like you would like to have the room cleaned out. That's just like, okay, well, that's what you want. But right. why does that matter to him? And why now? They've been there for three years. Like, why is this mm -hmm. all of a sudden an issue now? So to persuade a questioner, you have to explain why does this need to be done? And why does it need to be done at a certain time? So, so it's in your family room. You might say something like, we need to paint the walls, and so we have to move everything out of the family room, and the painters are coming in a month. Now, maybe you're not going to get them painted, and you can't even, like, sort of fake that that might be happening. But could you say that you're going to rearrange the furniture? Is, or you might, having guests is a great thing. We're going to have guests come over, and we need to be able to use the family room in this way. Because mm, that's something, yeah. that's a timeline. Now, Nicole mentioned, like, using the new year and the clean slate and the kind of fresh new thing. Well... Here's the interesting thing. Often questioners don't like to use things like the school year, January uh. 1st, because they think those are arbitrary. They're like, if it's important yes. to me, I'll do it. When it matters to me, I'm not going to wait for some arbitrary date. So that often does not resonate with questioners unless they think it's efficient for their own reason. I had a questioner write me a long email explaining why to her using distinctive days of the week did not seem arbitrary, was, but mm. was actually efficient. And I'm like, yes, but you're thinking about it as a questioner in terms of efficiency. Interesting. So it has to be, why are we doing this at all? We've had this for three years. Why can't we just keep them for the rest of our lives? Why does it need to be done at all? And why does it need to be done at a particular time? Also, what can work sometimes is you just do it yourself. Right. And then often, if you're doing it yourself, then you can just do it yourself. And if he wants it done another way, then he needs to intervene. That often works. Yes. Because it's, it's sort of like if it's driving you crazy, maybe it would just be easier to just go ahead and do it yourself. And he may jump in and he may not. But either way, you get what you want, which is the boxes are out of the room. And... This probably would not be such a gigantic job that it might just be worth doing. And again, if a questioner is seeing like this is being done, I want to make sure that it's done properly. It's like, well, okay, if you want to see, have it done properly, like it's all out, it's all in the middle of the room. Yes. It needs to be dealt with now because there's the, all this upheaval. Then that might be a justification as well. Yeah. I mean, it's likely that most of this paperwork can just be shredded and thrown yes, out. Very likely. But I think this is really important to understand. As an obliger, you may think, this is really important to me, or like we owe it to kind of the world to deal with this after three years. It's not going to be persuasive to a questioner. Mm -hmm. It's why are we doing it at all? Why are we doing it now? Answer those questions, and it's much, much easier to get a questioner to follow through. So, Nicole, please let us know yes. if you accomplish this goal. Send we photos. Have, we, we need follow-up. <laughs> we do. We too. Coming up, I give my whole office a gold star. But first, this break. Okay, Gretch, it is time for demerits and gold stars. You are up this week with a happiness demerit. Um, what What is it? So it's, again, because we're doing like these combo elements. Mm. It's kind of a demerit. It's kind of a know yourself better. It's kind of like a plea for understanding from the world. Um, okay. So I have spoken many times and quite recently about my trouble maintaining my calm when I'm traveling. Mm. And so I went with Eliza to help her move into her sophomore year of college. So she had these three suitcases, which were insanely heavy. We would never have been <laughs> able to get them on an airplane. They're like, I couldn't believe how heavy they were. We got them on the train, took them up. I helped her get them up two flights of stairs and get her into her dorm room. And it was a lovely thing. And beforehand, in the morning, I sat myself down. I'm like, 
I'm not going to let myself get hungry. I'm going to mm. make sure I go to the bathroom all the time. I'm not going to get too hot or too cold. I'm going to keep my cool. I don't want this is a stressful day for her. I want mm. this to be a happy adventure that we're doing. So I'm really going to do it. So we're there and we're getting on the Amtrak. And the thing is, what we had not realized is that because of the Labor Day holiday, a lot of people were traveling and they were traveling with a lot of luggage. Mm. Um, usually when I've taken this train before, it's like a few people have kind of like little bags, but it's a lot of like business travelers and people mm -hmm. who don't have a lot of luggage. This was a ton of luggage. And right. she had three bags and we had to get them on and like get them into those special little storage areas that they have at the beginning in front of the train because there's no way we could get them in the overhead racks. Right. They would not fit and we could right. not have lifted them. And we wanted to get seats together and it looked like it was going to be really crowded. So I was staying cool, but then I had an unexpected challenge. Oh, I no. saw somebody I knew from like oh. a whole different part of my life. And he was like, hey, Gretchen, how are you? Super friendly. And I was like... My mind I is blown. I, yeah, I'm like, I can't, I can't handle this. I'm like, everything's great. I'm moving my daughter. And he's like, well, is everything okay? I guess I looked kind of strained. And I was like, we just have a lot of luggage. I just <laughs> couldn't toggle between two realities. Right, right. So it's not really a demerit because I didn't, I wasn't snappish, but I was definitely distracted and not friendly because I just couldn't manage I was mm -hmm. so focused. I'm like, I just have to be like a laser focused on getting mm -hmm. this luggage onto that train and into a compartment. And so I didn't have time for courtesy or friendliness. Um, mm. I wasn't rude. I feel like I hadn't prepared myself for that particular challenge. Now I have to add that to my psych up, my psych oh my up <laughs> before I travel. So well, good for you, though, for not snapping at Eliza. I mean, I'd say that's a gold star. Yeah, I didn't snap at Eliza. And she was very laser focused, too. I think if she'd been sort of dreamy and like, let's get coffee or something. Right. But she's like, we got to get on that train. Yeah. So we were like united. Um, we're like, we're going to go left. We're going to go to the end of the train. We're going to get in, you know. So anyway, but it was a wonderful day. It was a great adventure. But I'm sorry if my friend is happening to be listening. I'm sorry. Maybe I'll send him an email and just say, hey. I'm sorry if I was distracted. I was just, I think it was clear to him what was going yes. on. He probably thought it was kind of silly, but also we've all been there probably. We have all been there. Yeah. Now, so what's the gold star, Elizabeth? All right, Gretchen, I love my gold star this week. It's like revelatory. Oh, um, great. Yes. Yeah, so Sarah recently had her birthday and we talk a lot about, you know, office birthdays and what do you do and evil donut bringers, or yeah. should I say in this case, evil cake bringers. Yeah. Um, so there's a the whole thing of birthday cake in the office. And Sarah is now gluten-free and she's not eating sugar. So right. she is not going to have a cake and nor does she want someone to put a cake in front of her, you know, right. because that she can't eat. Right. So it's just sort of like, what do you do about celebrating office birthdays with someone who doesn't want cake? Right. And unbeknownst to me or Sarah, our people in our office um, at The Fix had gotten together and decided to tackle this problem. And they uh -huh. came in singing happy birthday with a tray of green juice shots. <laughs> um, each with a little slice of strawberry on the little on the little shot glass oh my and gosh. so it was beautiful looking bright green i have a picture of it on instagram so you can okay. look at it hashtag happier in hollywood and we all had a little shot of green juice with yeah. it had some uh, lemon and cayenne pepper in it had a great kick 
and it was healthy. It was festive. It was so yeah. personal to Sarah yes. because she also drinks a lot of these juices. So yes. she really likes them. To her, it was a treat. And nobody had to feel bad. So right. I was just so impressed with their thinking. Yeah. Um, and I think it's a great solution for the whole birthday cake dilemma. Well, and it just makes it so much, like you say, so much more fun and personal that it's like really for her. Yes. And it, we didn't have to skip it, which is what I right. would have said. Well, just don't do a birthday cake. They wanted <laughs> right. to do something which is so thoughtful and nice and made her feel great. But it didn't create this temptation that she then had to resist. Or, 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 the, to or the rest of us had to resist. Or also just looking like a killjoy, like, oh, you bought me this yeah. cake and I'm not even going to eat it. It's like, yes. that's not a gracious position yes. to be in. This way she could be, like, all excited. This reminds me of my mother-in-law. Um, for my birthday one year, she made a, an arrangement of green and red peppers with candles in them. And then that's <laughs> what we sang to and I blew them out. We didn't then eat them, but it was like the thing of, like, I'm going to present you with some food with candles in it. That's um, it a great very, idea. No, it was very decorative. It looked beautiful. Um, that yeah, so is good. Great gold star to the yes. office for thinking of the perfect solution. And listen, I'll post a picture of the green juice shots at happiercast.com slash 185 um, so people can also see it there if they want. Perfect. And that is it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Make a Facts of Life book. Let us know if you tried it, if it worked for you, and what information are you putting in the Facts of Life book? We can all learn from each other. And thank you to our new producer. Cameron. Cameron Drews. Cameron, can you say hello to our listeners? Sure. Hi, everyone. Hey. Cameron produces one of our favorite podcasts by the book. Yes. Yeah, and I know there are a lot of happier listeners who also listen to Buy the Book. So, (laughs) and uh, one of the co-hosts of Buy the Book is Kristen Meinzer, who used to produce this show. So, I feel like I'm sort of like a cousin of happier already. (laughs) Yes. Well, we're so happy um, to have you. And I'll post a picture of Cameron and me on uh, happiercast.com slash 185. Elizabeth, sadly, is not here in the room, but she'll meet Cameron soon, I hope. Yes. Mm-hmm. We have a whole new source of happiness hacks and yes. tips and <laughs> input re- from Cameron. We relentlessly exploit our producers. Yes, Cameron, we're coming for you. <laughs> oh, <good. laughs> Looking forward to it. Also, thanks to Kristen Meinzer, who we just mentioned, and Andy Bowers of Panoply. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Twitter at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Elizabeth Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. If you like the show, spoiler alert, you know what I'm going to say. Please be sure to tell a friend and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcasting app. The resources for this week. Okay, the bookmarks that I mentioned. I had thought maybe 10, 12 people would request these bookmarks, but many, many, many people wanted these bookmarks. And so my publisher very nicely has made a whole new, new and improved, I will have to say, set of the bookmarks that are related to my book Better Than Before, which was all about habit change. So on one side of the bookmark is my 12-point manifesto for habit change. Um, So I'm still offering those now. I got a whole new shipment. But again, I'm, I'm afraid that I can only offer this in the United States and Canada only because this is a physical thing I'm actually going to mail to you. And because of mailing costs, I can only do it to U.S. and Canada. But I have plenty. So if you would like one, go ahead and request it. And if you want my newsletter, which comes out every month or so, um, you can email me at podcast.gretchenrubin.com. You can just put newsletter in, in the subject line. Or fancy, you can text 66866. In the message box, enter HAPPIER 
And then when you get a text back, enter your email address. So that's a way you can do it by text. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward and upward. Onward and upward.